from Car Rigs and Ingram, this is It Figures, the CRI podcast, an accounting, advisory, and industry-focused podcast for business and organization leaders, entrepreneurs, and anyone who is looking to go beyond the status quo. Yeah, thanks for joining us. Uh, this is Greg Crabtree and Steve Riggs with uh, Car Riggs and Ingram to uh, present you a, a podcast on uh, planning for your business restart given the disruption that we've certainly seen in the recent economy. So, as I said, I'm Greg Crabtree, the, the partner of the, the Huntsville office of Car Riggs and Ingram. Uh, my background is uh, author of Simple Numbers, Straight Talk, Big Profits, uh, and do a good bit of, of speaking on private business entrepreneurship uh, over the years. Uh, and uh, certainly uh, it's made a passion out of that. Steve, if you'd uh, introduce yourself to the folks. Yeah, Steve Riggs. Uh, I'm part in charge of the uh, Destin office, Destin for Walton Beach, Miramar Beach uh, office here in the Panhandle of Florida. Um, I was a former IRS agent for four years and I've been in public accounting approximately uh, 40. I think this is my 41st busy season um, that we're uh, about to wind up on. And uh, being, I'm a tax guy and I have clients. Uh, this, just all, all through the range of uh, types of businesses that our firm has, and I uh, enjoy that. Steve, you know, I've always kind of seen, you know, what you and I do for a living. Uh, you know, I, I had a group of entrepreneurs one time, that, you know, that told me, hey, you know, you guys see hundreds of businesses' most intimate details. You got to have some idea of what works and what doesn't. And boy, if we had a an education of a lifetime, you know, here in these past few months. Um, you know, so certainly, you know, we, we, we've all reached back to our thinking of the 2008 recession, the, uh, you know, the, the 9-11, uh, impact of that event. You had the stock market crash in 2000 from the dot-com era, you know, but, uh, but, you know, tell me, tell me what, what's been your impact of seeing how this impact that we're living through at the moment, how it shapes up to other things that we both live through. You know, Greg, in my opinion, uh, this is probably the worst that we've had, at least in our lifetime. Obviously, you and I did not live through the Great Recession nor World War II. But man, oh man, uh, we thought the Great Recession between 2008 and 2010 was bad. No, this is, this is unlike anything we've ever seen because we don't know, we, we don't know how long it's going to go on. We don't know what the effect is and people are dying. And never, never so in my lifetime have I seen the American economy come to a grinding halt. Just see financial stress top to bottom through our economy. It doesn't matter if I've got a surgeon who operates to make a living being told you cannot operate because we've got to save these hospital beds for the COVID-19 patients or, or a restaurant, a retail owner that says, Steve, I generally basically have made a living selling stuff people don't need. Or restaurants that have closed down, or hotels where that are really successful, but they owe twenty five million dollars in debt, and now they have no no occupants. It just goes through the whole level of our our, our economic strata in the United States. What's going on, and we just don't know how long it's going to be like this until we can somewhat get back to normal. And that's one of the things we're going to talk about is is, is when that's going to be and how it's going to uh, how people can uh, react. 
Yeah, we're, we're certainly starting to see the framework of, of things coming together of a plan of reopening, and there's still a lot to be added, you know, much like the PPP loan programs and the disaster loan programs. There's there's changes in all of those, and some people have received funding already. Uh, some are waiting on the next round of funding. But we can, I think we can now at least, you know, I think one of the reasons why we want to do this podcast is say, you know, now is when you need to start going through another cycle of forecasting to get prepared. And I, I do think what is interesting in this is, you know, so in our office, you know, we, we have about 300 business uh, clients that we do work for. Uh, probably 200 of those 300 are in our consulting program and about 100 are, are just traditional, you know, clients. And, and what is fascinating to me is we, we've actually been keeping this list on the wall of clients that are facing what I would call an extinction level event. And, and so, out of those 300, I've only got 10 names on the wall. And, and so to a certain degree, I think there is an element of being careful not to overpaint, you know, the, the potential of coming out of this. You know, it certainly is, people are going to be impacted, but we've actually had some clients that have not been impacted at all. Some have actually had increases of business. Some have been very stable. But then you've had those that have received the greatest attention. Restaurants are quite obvious to everybody, you know, because they've been shut. Uh, salons, you know, any, anything that requires, you know, uh, personal distancing, you know, that, that's too close, you know, have, have really been harshly you know, shut down in those things. And and I think it's it's going to be uneven. And as as I've said, you know, to many of our clients on our calls with them, you know, think of this as the the lake being drained, and we can see all the stumps. And so, you know, one of the things that I've been telling people is look around and see who's faring through this quite easily versus who's struggling. And it may affect how you think about running your business going forward uh, in, in that process. Um, you know, and, and so certainly I think those are things to, to kind of keep in mind, you know, in, in, in that process. Um, well, there, there's definitely winners and losers, Greg, uh, in this thing. Are, but the, the losers right now are far outnumbering the winners. And uh, so, obviously, you know, the big dogs like Delta or United or American Airlines, they're going to survive because they've got capital and they, they are they're too important in our society to fail. Smaller airlines in that, in that topic um, are going to have a hard time. There's definitely going to be losers there. But, man, just, uh, just throughout, you know, as I drive from my home to work and I drive by all of these uh, places are, uh, that people would be shopping that are just closed. And then all those people sitting at home, uh, no paychecks, um, they're, 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 there's going to be an effect. Again, I'm in Northwest Florida, heavy tourism. So let's just pretend things get opened back up. A lot of people that normally would vacation here and stay in hotels and condos and rest, eat in restaurants and all, they don't have the money to come this summer. So there, there's going to be that. So anyway, it's just, uh, just going to be interesting. But yes, uh, as you pointed out, there are winners in this thing today. There's a lot more losers. Yeah. Yeah. So that's kind of one of those challenges. So, you know, one of the things that, you know, we've been trying to get people to think of is kind of think of your playbook, you know, of now that, you know, we've seen PPP funding levels. We've actually had two clients receive uh, disaster loan funding, believe it or not, you know, which we were kind of concerned was not going to come through. Uh, so before the funding ran out, you know, in this cycle, you know, and, and certainly we think, you know, Congress is going to uh, to continue, they'll they'll go through political theater, and you know we'll get funding. 
uh, you know, to keep things moving. We've seen, you know, releases of new Main Street lending programs. Um, so, you know, what what's some of the things that you're seeing and you're talking to people about in terms of kind of a playbook of reopening? You know, what what's the what's the plays you're talking to them about running? Well, what what we're talking about is what they thought was normal is not going to be necessarily be normal. For for example, some are car dealerships, major flags. Talking to those guys, new metals just not moving. They're used cars, they can they're still moving, but there's just gonna be a different mix just in car dealers as to what's going on. Uh man, I can't imagine movie theaters are gonna do very good this summer and fall because who wants to go in that place and be sitting next to a guy coughing on you that you can't control? So there's just uh there's just uh, uh anything that you thought was how it was gonna go uh is not how it's gonna go. That that that's for sure. Um, you know, banks, uh, bank stocks. I had bank stocks in my stock portfolio. And, uh, you know, fortunately in February, I got out of that stuff because banks, we need them. We love them. Got to have them. But man, those guys, um, is, is, as much uh, leeway as they're going to be given by the regulators, banks are going to have a harder time collecting on their existing loan portfolio pre COVID 19 than they are after. It's going to affect earnings. It's going to affect stock prices and all. So you've got some industries that are going to drag for a long period of time. And then, you know, some that might be able to pull back up pretty quickly. Yeah, it's going to be an, an, an uneven, you know, climb back out, you know, for sure. Um, you know, we I've done a few podcasts for industry groups. And, you know, kind of to your point on the auto industry, I did one for a group called Shop Fix Academy. And these are all independent repair shops all across the U.S. And what's interesting is their biggest fear was actually the government coming out with a cash for clunkers program, which when they did that previously, it actually really drove down the repair industry uh, with that. And certainly the auto, and you're going to see a lot of indus- industry groups will lobby for one thing or another. So it'll certainly see the, you know, for everyone that there's a positive, there's an offset, you know, to somebody else. So you got to, you know, kind of play through those. Uh, I, you know, we've talked to several of our manufacturing clients and, What's interesting there is there is this little glimmer of hope. Um, we've got a plastic extrusion manufacturer that uh, is just clicking along just fine. You know, I mean, he, he hasn't seen any decline and he's ready to actually start spending marketing money to go gain more market share as product moves back on shore that he, he feels like that he's got an opportunity to go win some of that work uh, and, and make it. So, as you say, you know, there's a, this, this balance between those things. One of the interesting things, and I don't know if you've seen this in, in your client base, is we've also seen an availability of talent uh, that had dried up in the last you know, five, six years. And, and we've actually seen some people that had been able to pick up some additional talent that had previously not been available. Uh, and, and so I don't know if you've seen that across your client base in terms of people actually looking to hire people rather than people to cut. Yes, we have. And just it's so interesting you said that because just even in our own profession, I've seen more high end resumes hit my screen of CPAs that are cut, they're coming on the market. Fortunately, our firm didn't have to lay anybody off. But, you know, there are have been cuts in our profession. And uh, there, there's a lot of talent just in our world on the street. Certainly our engineering clients are seeing some of that. Um, you know, if you just take take Boeing, obviously not a client of ours, but 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 we all root for Boeing. but. You know, a lot of people are on the sidelines of Boeing right now. And then when they get going, it's going to be slow. You know, it's going to take time to pick up. And there's there's people there 
that that have a skill set that 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 are going to be looking around. But there there is definitely an opportunity if you're one of the stronger people in whatever line of work you do, whatever profession you've got. There is an opportunity to pluck talent. There's opportunity to buy weaker competitors and and roll them into your into your business. Yeah. So one of the strategies, you know, that we've mentioned to people, I, I've participated in this in a couple of organizations I've been in over the years, and, and I've always thought it was one of the best strategies, especially in a time like this, is go through a strategic exercise that says, if I was going to rebuild my business from scratch today, how, what would I do differently? And if there ever was a moment in time, and this is really kind of interesting because what we've seen with the impact of the PPP funding there's this been this shot of, of, of capital that's flown into these businesses that actually gives you some oxygen to be able to have that discussion. And, and maybe, you know, we, we've probably got more of our clients. I was talking to a, a technology sales client of ours this morning. Uh, and, and, and in his mind, I'd been after him to really expand his business into more of the maintenance world and instead of just selling maintenance to actually go do maintenance and, br- and develop his own capability. And and this pushed him over the edge because he kept looking at buying somebody else's business and I kept saying, it's too expensive, it's too expensive, you can do it yourself. And this was the this event was the catalyst that I think in his plan going forward, he's going to be more profitable with less revenue Doing things in a slightly different blended way in his business model, and um, yeah. So, have you seen any any folks kind of in, in that kind of mindset, you know, of, of your client base? You, you know, I have it on that, but 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 as we focus in what we're going to have to do, all of our business are going to have to do. I really encourage these guys to read about what's going on, listen to what's going on, study your profession as to what's going on, and listen. You know, you know, you know, Greg, you and I both know the market will tell you things. The market tells you the truth. A lot of times we don't want the truth or we, or we don't listen. But man, these, if our, these men and women clients of ours will listen to what their customers are telling them, listen to what's going on in their world and, and react to what the market is telling them, there are your winners. You know, what's in, it's interesting you say that because I, I was telling one of my marketing clients this morning uh, on, on a call that um, what we've seen is the people who've been disrupted the most in the services world are the people who are selling services at a premium pricing. And, and the pressure of the marketplace has really exposed who are the value providers versus who are the premium providers. And all of a sudden, that premium doesn't look so shiny. And, and uh, a lot of those guys, you know, across all the service spectrums. And, and I was so proud to be, you know, marketing is a really, you know, we call, we call our marketing clients the canaries in the coal mine. You know, we believe marketing, you know, certainly in a challenging environment, I always monitor my marketing client base as an economic leading indicator because they're the first cost that, turn, that gets turned down in a downturn and they're the first cost that get turned up in an upturn. And, and these guys were actually quite stable through this, and I was really proud of them. But I, I was crediting them with the ideas is obviously, one, you picked a good, stable customer base that's still in business. Two, you're delivering good service at a good value and because this, this pressure of this crisis has really exposed everybody to really look through a value lens for anything that you're spending money on. 
you know, you know, it's interesting that you said that because when I counsel clients and things are and things are tough and if things are slowing down and whatnot, and, and and as you pointed out, the first thing to go is marketing. You know, I I I, I, I pl- I've pleaded with clients for forty years. Don't do that. When things are bad, you need your marketing. You need to keep su- your you, you have to keep spending money to sell. And then when things are good, you've got to keep marketing. You've got to keep it keep selling and and, and also. When the things, but, but you are right, Greg, because it's it's uh, not as important as payroll and maybe utilities it costs, but man, marketing is very important when things slow down and get tough because your competitors are going to stop marketing. And if you can hang in there and do it right, you'll make it. You know, I've told our marketing guys, I said, you know, here's here's kind of the thing that I, that I think may be different. And I'd be interested to get your take on this is obviously in 2008 going into this. You know, we, we had an overblown segment of the economy that was kind of fake activity with all the real estate mortgages and, and all of those activities that were being funded by borrowed money, but it wasn't funded with capital. And, and I believe that our last 10 years has been largely funded with capital, which is a different animal. And there's a lot of demand. A lot of private companies have become far more dominant in our economy in the last 10 years than public. And, and so I really think the demand is going to come back stronger. And I've told our marketing clients, I said, listen, I think you need to be prepared to do 12 months of work in nine months, you know, two months from starting two months from now. So just be ready, you know, in that process. Yeah, the, the entrepreneurs who always work hard, uh, when things turn back on and, and, and all, uh, they're going to have to work six or seven days a week like they did when they got started. I mean, all of us entrepreneurs... Uh, back, uh, you know, worked at a pace until it hit a certain level. And then you're able to pull back and actually have a life. Well, man, uh, pretty soon, uh, when the economy starts turning on in different states and they'll turn on at different times, the entrepreneurs, the, the business clients, they've got to work like, uh, seven days a week and they've got to get after it until they can get things reestablished. Because again, we just don't know what we don't know. And, the hole may or may not be deeper than we think, and it may take longer or shorter. We don't know. But, man, if you can get after and go to work, you're going to have to. And I think that's going to be reflective in the entrepreneurial class of America. I really think that's going to be a good thing. Yeah, and so far, you know, I, I think w- the other thing that I think is dramatically different in 08 than it was in uh, uh, than now is that so far, and you may have seen anything different, but we've not seen any client have their lines of credit pulled. Now I've had a lot of yeah, and I've had a lot of clients who've who've heard people say, "Oh, you need to go pull your money and fully draw it and stick it in another bank account." And I go, "Whoa, whoa, 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 whoa!" You know, you make a move like that, you're going to get it pulled because the bank's going to panic because you might be you're panicking, and, and and so I think those that's the one thing that has been dramatically different. Um, you know, to where I think the, the backstop of the banks and, and keeping all the open credit lines available. Now, you're still going to have to, you know, have good collateral, you know, certainly going forward as they start to, you know, kind of monitor the evaluation coming out of this. And then certainly as we use the PPP funding, we use any of the disaster loans or the Main Street lending programs that are, that are available, you know, kind of, kind of work our way back out of it. Uh, but, but I think you know, that's the, that's the one thing that gives me more hope that we've at least not lost our access you know, to that, that liquidity that was really more prevalent in 08 of a liquidity crisis, you know, than it was as much anything else. 
And, and you and I both know there's more free cash out there today, uninvested, than there was in 08. But man, then everybody was leveraged up and banks were leveraged up. And but now, now there, 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 there is so much cash on the sidelines ready to take advantage of opportunities. So, yeah, we're not leveraged out today at all like we were back in the way. Well, I'll give our listeners a little nugget here. So, so one, we're talking to one of our clients this week that privately owned, you know, so they're not investor finance, but their biggest competitor was a private equity backed company. that just went through 75% layoffs of their staff and they're, they're, they're destroyed. You know, and, and so I was telling my client, I said, listen, this is great because the private equity guys aren't going to put the same money back into that company to regrow it to where they were trying to get it to. So they they had made this massive bet to run, you know, that, that competitor of theirs was essentially buying market share and not running a profitable business. They were just sucking up all the, the activity in that particular market. And I said, this is great for you because... You've just cleared the deck of, of, you know, somebody that was pushing your pricing down. And now you, you're going to be, unfortunately, they had followed our capital guidelines of having two months of operating expenses in cash. They weren't drawn on a lot of credit. You know, they, they committed to running a profitable business. And, you know, so they're, they're going to get through this just fine. Yeah. Again, winners are losers and that, that client is a winner. Yeah, but but there again, you know, it, and I think it just exposes some of those businesses. But I I totally agree with you. I saw this this you know, there's groups already that are putting together you know private equity funds to to to, to pick up some of these companies you know that collapsed under some of that that private uh, backing, and so uh, so the the, the ecosystem kind of keeps growing. So uh, you know, so any other any other final planning points you know to to the listeners to you know that you would you know give them. You know, guidance uh, on you know kind of thinking of what's the what's the next thirty to sixty days that you got to be focused on. You know, you know, obviously, cash preserve your cash uh, cash flow. Uh, you've got to deal with that because you have to be alive when when they, when they take the handcuffs off and we start running again as 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 a country. Uh, if if you're dead, you can't you can't participate in the Oklahoma land rush, man. So uh, stay alive. Keep your cash close. Make sure you got your cash flow measure. That's vital. And opportunities will present themselves. And then you, you, if you have ridden through this thing and you're still alive, you can make it. Yeah, I think one of the things that's unique in this moment is, you know, we've been telling people is you get your PPP funding, as Dave Ramsey says, spend it on paper before you spend it in reality. And, and we've been pushing hard to, to don't don't get seven weeks into your eight-week forgiveness calculation period before you start thinking about what you spend it on because you've got to – this is one of those things that you've got to spend it, I believe, and and I think you'd agree with me. You've got to be straight up. You can't be – there's going to be some people that get whacked that that are, you know, they're going to change ordinary and customary kind of stuff and try to, to, to game the system, and this is not a time to game the system on the PPP forgiveness. But if you plan it out and do it the right way over the next eight weeks, this is the best thing that has ever come along for private business. And I think we'll look back 20 years from now and say this was a stroke of genius. Yeah, there's there were some people that probably benefited in a sense more so than maybe you would think in a well-planned out thing. But yet it, that money still you know, got into the economy. It still was a shot in the arm you know, in that process. 
Uh, and, and I think, you know, you've got to be just super careful to, to really plan out that spending here this next eight week period, you know, since most everybody started to get their money by now. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, it, it, again, it's very wise. And again, we can't go back and, and, and do 2008 again. But had there been something like that at some level with the uh, with the financial institutions and all that, that, that would have kept them from just freezing up and stopping everything, then, then the Great Recession would have been not quite as, uh, as brutal as it was. Yeah, and, and I will leave everybody with this thought. I mean, as, as I've you know been studying the data of the clients that we work on, I will tell you that 2009, 2010, 2011 were three of the most profitable years our clients ever had. So, so I think when you follow a good game plan, when you plan it out, you forecast, reforecast, reforecast. Um, you know, you stick to those good basic business principles. You know, the, those those are the people that are going to win. And, and I think that they will they will ultimately be, you know, far more winners than the people that follow that guidance rather than just, you know, living by the moment and not making a plan. Agreed 100%. All right. Well, uh, appreciate uh, everybody listening and uh, certainly uh, visit CRICPA.com, you know, to reach out to us. And, um, you know, we've got the capabilities to help, you know, people, you know, put the cash flow plans together. Cash flow forecasting has been a passion of mine for years in terms of creating simple and quick ways to actually get to the truth of the financial data, you know, that, that businesses need to operate, you know, successfully. Uh, and, and so uh, we're, we're, you know, all of this CRI team are here to help and, and help everybody be a success. So appreciate everybody listening. If you want more CRI insights or are interested in learning about our firm, please visit our website at CRICPA.com. Thanks for listening to this episode of It Figures, the CRI podcast. You can subscribe to It Figures on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you prefer to listen to your podcasts. If you liked what you heard today, please leave us a review.